3: Even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at Chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's Chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life.
0: No purchase necessary. VGW. Void where prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.
1: Good morning, Tampa Bay. How's everybody feeling after that victory? I know you should be feeling pretty good because I feel good. Welcome back to the Full Press Lightning Podcast. I'm your host, Tim Barnard, where it is all bolt all the time. Now, as you probably know, Tampa took on the Hurricanes last night and shut them out for to nothing, which was something that, you know what, I did not see coming. I thought it was going to be a tight game. I thought it would be a one-score game coming down to the final minute or even overtime. Better yet, they shut them out, baby. Now, the one thing I want to get straight is Tampa's not back. Okay, people? So, calm down. I know it's a good win. I know it's exciting. But let's be real here. The bolts aren't back. It was a big time win in a crucial moment of the season. And they were able to carry their effort from Boston into Carolina, which was huge. Which is something they needed to do. And not for nothing, they not only needed to prove it to me, to you, but to themselves. That they could play in this type of environment. But again, don't forget. Tampa beat New Jersey twice in Jersey, and then followed that up with loss to the second-worst team in the East, the Canadians, and then got annihilated by the Ottawa Senators. So as much as I want to sit here and say, yep, here we go, baby, the Bolts are back, playoffs are around the corner, this is them, I can't. Because with what history shows us, this is not going to bowl well. Now, again, I'm not saying that the Bolts are going to fall because they play the Islanders, the Rangers. They, they're playing good teams to end the stretch, okay? That's not the point. What I'm trying to get at is just because they carried their effort from Boston into Carolina and took that loss against Boston out on Carolina, that's great. Just make sure you understand that it's a game-by-game process. It's not, here it is, baby. They're back. No, no, no. That's not how we. That's not how we roll here. And I just want to say At the end of the day I think this is a good win for Tampa I I, I do And I'm not going to sit here and say It's a bad win Or that I'm downgrading the win Because of what happened Against Montreal and Ottawa No, no, no I'm not saying that. It's a great win This is something that they can Absolutely hang their hat on Beating the top team in the Metro Division The second best team in the Eastern Conference Let alone the NHL right now In terms of points So it's a big, big win Now, I remember a couple weeks ago, John Cooper brought up how they're they're trailing Toronto and that they're sitting in the same spot they were last year. So I want to look back and do a little research myself because in the last four years, okay, now the Lightning this season have seven games remaining. Most of them are against playoff teams. So with that said, at the end of last season, Tampa won eight of their last 11. They were on a hot streak and then ended up making it to the cup finals, but losing the Avalanche, as you know. In the end of the 2021 season, they lost three straight heading into the postseason and then were able to beat Montreal for the cup. Now, don't forget that season too was a shortened season because the year prior was the COVID year. And before COVID struck, at that, at that stage in the game, Tampa lost 7 of their last 10 before COVID hit. And then when it re-upped and they played in the bubble, they ended up beating Dallas in the Cup Final. Then, as you might as might well remember, in the end of the 2018-2019 year... They won 11 of their last 14 games. It was the first time the team had ever won the Presidents Trophy. And they tied the 95-96 Red Wings with 62 wins, which is a league record. And what happened? They got swept by the Blue Jackets in the first round. So if history can show us anything... It's that it doesn't freaking matter what happens at the end of the season. If you go on a win streak, if you're losing games, I will say, at least one of those years, you losing seven of the last 10, then COVID hit, that year can pretty much be thrown out. But again, all that matters is making sure you have a good team that can turn it on come playoff time. Now, for the game summary, I want to first admit, I... Honest to God, I thought Frederick Anderson would have played last night because Tampa's going all in on this. I thought Carolina would have put out their best lineup because, again, Tampa's a good team. Yes, they're third in the Atlantic Division, but I thought for sure Carolina was going to try to match Tampa's effort and try to get the best out of their players. I was mistaken. Instead, they started... They started Pyotr Kochikov. Okay, so forgive me for the name, but that's how it was. The funny part was there were points in this game where I actually thought Tampa was in complete control. That second period, I honest, honestly thought Tampa was going to run away with this or should have had more than just two goals. That's how in control it felt like. But the Bolts were outshot 31-21. to they only won 48% of the faceoff, so nearly 50-50. But they lost two by two percent. They couldn't score in their lone power play opportunity, which for the third best power play opportunity to now go over to go over in the last two games against the Bruins and the Canes. I mean, that's they they got to figure that out. Now, I'm not saying that their power play is in trouble, at least not yet. But it's something to keep note on. Because you have the third best power play percentage in the league. And you can't score on the power play versus the Bruins and the Hurricanes. Meanwhile, the Bruins, you add, what, five opportunities to the one opportunity last night? The one benefit, though, is Tampa's penalty penalty kill is absolutely getting better. Having killed off both Carolina's penalties. Not to mention, it did help with Carolina's last penalty splitting coming at 1902 in the second period meaning you had 58 seconds of the penalty and then in the se- then then you start the third period for the rest of the penalty i think that i i've always been on the mindset that that benefits the penalty kill when when you have when you're able to kill a decent enough time anywhere between 45 seconds to a minute of a penalty that you're able to kill off and then intermission hits, I think that's clutch for any penalty kill. Now, when the penalty occurs within 20 seconds or less before the end of the period, in my opinion, I feel like that benefits the power play. But in this case, 58 seconds... Tampa was able to kill that off, then start the third, and then they finished it off. So I thought that was great, and I thought that absolutely benefited them. And one of the biggest things that I noticed, and when looking at the stat sheet after the game, Tampa didn't shoot themselves in the foot like they have been. They only committed six turnovers compared to Carolina's 16 turnovers. Which, again, if you're going to win games, you got to. Limit the turnovers. You absolutely got to limit the turnovers. And after the game, I thought Stamko said it perfectly when he said, We know what the recipe is. It's just about executing. Exactly. They know what to do. Which is why it's mind-boggling when you beat New Jersey in New Jersey, you followed up with losses to Montreal and Ottawa. And Ottawa might be a playoff team that remains to be seen, but still... Like, these are teams you need to beat These are easy victories Or should be easy victories So that's why when you're sitting there And you're reading that Or listening to that quote You think to yourself Well then where the hell was this Against the crappy teams You're playing well against the good teams But you gotta play against the crappy teams You can't just walk into their building Thinking that you're already gonna win So I'm glad to see that they recognize that Plus. Now, I just want to talk about a couple of the goals. Actually, all four of the goals. Let's put it that way. You know, the one stand coach slid on a Kochikov pad after Carolina overcommitted to the puck on the left side of the goaltender was wild. Like, all of a sudden, the puck was the puck was to the left of the goaltender. And, and, at, and as I was watching the replay, because I saw it, I thought it was a good goal. But then watching the replay from behind the goalie, I counted four Hurricanes to the left of the slot. Like, they overcommitted to where the puck was. So, all of a sudden, when the puck got over to Sergachev on the right, uh, to the right of the goaltender at the blue line, all he did was throw it to Stamkos, who kind of had a, it it wasn't necessarily a redeflection as it was just a, a grab and shoot. Like, he caught it and then put it on net, which, as Kochikov is sliding to his right just went right under his pad like it was it was beautiful and then i loved braden point's goal which again you can tell sometimes when goal goal scorers just have the luck this was one of them because all of a sudden there was the puck was right in front of the net radish trying to tip it in you had one of the canes defenders lying on his stomach trying to swat the puck Kochakov knew it was in front of him, but couldn't really do much about it. And all of a sudden, the puck passed the goal line to Kochakov's left, and Braden Point just collects it, fires it on net, and somehow went off Kochikov's Kochakov's back and bounced right in. It was just, there was nothing Kochakov really could have done except maybe just hug it more, or because I think he thought. Point was going to just grab and try to bring an end around to it. So, I I loved it. And it was one of those, like I said, when goal scorers are hot, they're hot. And something like that absolutely proved it. And I thought Point's second goal was, this was just a pure goal scorer's goal. Because he's sl- he's skating in. It's kind of a one-on-one, you know, Point is maybe a half a step ahead of Carolina's defender at the moment Kochikov drops to his knees And as he's dropping That's when Point fired it And I can, and you watch the slow motion replay Kochikov drops his glove Thinking that he's trying to go below Or through his arm And what ends up happening Is the puck just went sailing Right over Kochikov's glove Hits the post Hits the back post And ricocheted out at a thousand miles an hour. It was it was just a perfect goal. It was a goal scorer's goal right there. And at the end of it, Alex Cologne sealed the deal with the empty netter, which I will say Carolina had over two minutes of a six-on-five and still, still couldn't get anything done until Alex Cologne sealed the deal making it a 4 to nothing affair with 421 to go in the game. A couple key takeaways that I just want to bring up real quick is I think this is a game Vasilevsky needed because here's a player who is one of, if not the top goaltender in the league, hands down, bar not. The guy has been unbelievable. He is unbelievable. But this season, to me, there's always just been something off. He's played well, he's he's won a lot of games, but there's always been a goal here, a couple goals there, a game here, where I'm looking at it going, how can this guy, who has been one of the top goaltenders in the league for the last, what, five, six years, all of a sudden just fall the way he has? Well, last night, he absolutely stood tall on that. And again, it it is easy to say on a shutout, but what I mean is, I thought he played really well last night. I thought he made some miraculous saves and was able to just read the puck, stand tall in net, and just become a big body that Carolina, when throwing different looks at him, they couldn't get the puck by him no matter how hard they tried. My, my other key takeaway is, listen, this is to you. I know how it felt after the two-game jersey sweep. Okay, that felt great. And I'm just saying, don't get overexcited yet. All right, I know there's seven games left till the playoffs. So, there's still plenty of opportunities for Tampa to rise or Tampa to fall. Now, do I believe that they're going to fall lower than third in the Atlanta division? No, I don't. I don't, I don't think... I think Tampa's going to be fine at third. I think if they can, they could surpass Toronto. But at the end of the day, I think that's how it's going to go. So feel good because that was a big-time win against a big-time team in their building. But let's just hope that Tampa can remember how it felt to go against Boston, to go against Carolina, and not take the Islanders, the Rangers, lighter than they did against those two teams because they seem to flip a switch in their head against the top two teams in the league but can they keep that switch up versus playoff caliber teams but uh, who aren't as good as the teams that they just played it remains to be seen so thank you guys for listening tune in tomorrow where I preview the game against the Washington Capitals. The game will kick off at 7 p.m. Thursday night. So I will be here tomorrow previewing what Tampa should do, how they should play Ovi and the rest of the Capitals squad. So check it out. Tune back in tomorrow. I'm your host, Tim Barnard, for the Full Press Lightning Podcast, where it's all bolts all the time. See you tomorrow.